Hi, this is Lucas Meacham, and you're listening to CVH Podcast. It's the CVH Podcast. Uh, you know, like, beggars can't be choosers. Like, if somebody does this for me, and they go to the effort to uh, cut an ID, I can't go back and be like, oh, you know, I, I, yeah, it's actually the CVH Podcast, and you just say CVH, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's my man, Lucas. I, knowing Lucas like 20-some-odd years now. There's few people like him. And you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who didn't really love the guy. He's, he's uh, one of those presents. Um, you're listening to the, the CVH Podcast, and this is Thursday, July 1st. Amazing. It's already July, and from what I can see, it looks like the United States is melting Weather's really nice over here. It's been raining for about 12 days straight. Um, but I'm really not going to complain when I see that the Pacific Northwest is basically on fire. Uh, this, <laughs> this is a bad scene. Uh, I'm sure smarter people than me can talk about the global, <clears throat> excuse me, the global weather issues and, and as to why that's happening. But I, I spent, um, I spent, what time of year was that? I was in Seattle. It must have been summertime. It had to have been summertime. Um, you know, like May, June, maybe. Yeah, must have been. But fuck, it was so hot. It was so hot. And the Pacific Northwest is not geared for this. The air conditioning is not the norm, you know? Like, I, I grew up where everybody had air conditioning. It wasn't it wasn't a thing to not have it. Uh, but but up there, um, that, that's a thing. Uh, and we had a little baby with us. My boy was uh, barely one. I'm not even sure he was one yet. No. Yeah, yeah, he was one. He was just barely one. And, um, man, it was so hot. It was so hot. And we, as young parents, you're like, this is probably reckless. No child should live in this kind of heat. And so we got uh, a, a onesie, you know, like a onesie air conditioner that you that you hook up to the window. And we rigged, I mean, we rigged something super special. We, <laughs> we tinfoiled the windows to his bedroom. And then got one of these, it's just like a freestanding AC, and it's got a big tube coming out of it, and you got to put the tube to the outdoors, so it's got somewhere to send the, the hot air. And uh, and so I just rigged up this whole system with tinfoil and tape and <laughs> all sorts of madness to try and cool off his room, and it, it worked, but man, we were, the rest of the house was just sweltering. Uh, it wasn't even a house, it was a, a just an apartment. But uh, yeah, that was that was uh, six years ago, five six years ago. And it looks like what they're dealing with now is even worse. I'm, I I can't even imagine. Anyway, this is episode seventy five. I have um, we we made it to seventy five. Uh, feeding my ego for seventy five straight episodes. And if you're still here, and a lot of you are, I really appreciate it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep plowing until you stop listening. So do me a favor. When you're done, just shut it down. <laughs> I'm not going to take it personal, and I'll shut it down. I've got almost 40 hours of me talking here, and uh, that's probably more than anybody really needed, especially because I don't even sing. Uh, and, that, <laughs> and ultimately, that's all I'm really good for. On occasion, some people might think. Not everyone. 
Uh, last night we opened our show here in Paris, and um, it was the first day that there were no uh, numbers restrictions, COVID restrictions, on how many people could be in the theater. We could sell the whole theater. This was the first night that it was possible. And we weren't real certain, from what I understood, uh, when I say we, it's the royal we, the, the opera house, wasn't quite certain how much... Um, when to really advertise that because, you know, these dates where restrictions were lifted often got moved. And so I think they were cautious to oversell it uh, in case the the restrictions had to stay, but they were lifted and, and uh, there were no numbers restrictions. However, there is still a mask restriction for anybody inside and they all had to produce negative tests or double vaccine proof. I don't know how they did any of this. Perhaps, you know, somebody... Somebody worked that out, how they, how they can present this information. But uh, the house was at 70% yesterday. It looked like more from the stage. Uh, it's, you know, it's not a huge place. Uh, I don't know, a couple thousand. Maybe, maybe a couple thousand. Um, I should check that before I start talking about it. But um, yeah, it was like a real crowd and we could see their masks. That's all you could really see was just their blue surgical mask. The surgical mask is a requirement in France. You can't... Um, I mean, like with any rules and laws in France, it exists, and then you just don't have to follow it because <laughs> nobody's enforcing shit. Uh, but most people are doing it, and so it's just sort of a sea of blue masks uh, from the stage. And I have to admit, I will admit, it felt great uh, to have that audience in there. It felt great to feel their presence. It felt great to uh, hear their applause. And they were... They were um, uh, modest in their applause. I, I wonder if they just forgot about their participation in it, or you know, oftentimes in this Mozart, we uh, the maestro is pretty good about uh, keeping the thing moving because you know if you start stopping for every little thing, uh, you know, a three-hour show is going to be a four-hour show, and so he's pretty good about rolling right through what might be a forced applause area. So that could be part of it too, but it also could be just people not quite sure what their what their role is in that in that room again and. Uh, from where I was, it felt very warm, and and um, uh, you could tell that there was the, the whole cast. This was the first live audience they've had. Uh, you know, some people have already had live audiences, but for this cast, uh, this was the first audience they've had in, in over a year. And we forgot, you know, we forgot that this is part of our a part of our oxygen uh, in a way, and and it it sounds silly uh, when I say it, when I hear myself say it. Uh, that we need this applause, but in a way, you know, um, for us, for our job to make sense, that's part of it. Um, that that is a that is a portion of it. Um, to to feel appreciated or feel like you've moved somebody to to applaud or 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 um, yeah, it was just um, uh, a little bit more emotional than I thought it would be, and I was happy to see them. Uh, I wasn't nervous even the slightest bit. I was energized by it, and and I felt like I wanted to do more for them. I felt like wanted to move further, and the energy from the show was great. Uh, you know, it's it's Clemenza di Tito, and and um, there are moments for for uh, good energy, but uh, the, the music ultimately doesn't serve that. But a few times, <laughs> I'm insulting Mozart today. <laughs> That's what this podcast has become. I'm now insulting Mozart, but <laughs> for me, uh, when it comes to Mozart, uh, a little bit goes a long way. I like Don Giovanni. I like Le Nozze di Figaro. 
That's about it. Uh, I'd never need to see another cozy in my life. I would not go to see a, a performance of La Clemenza di Tito. Um, yeah, I think one time a million years ago, I sat through Mitridate, and then you're like, you know what? He wasn't a genius. <laughs> he just had to put it in his 10,000 hours before Magic Flute showed up, um, before Don Giovanni showed up, before Figaro showed up. Because that early Mozart is like, oh, God, you're going to bang your head against the wall. It's so slow. Uh, but it was good. It was it was uh, it was good. Uh, I have a feeling our next performance will be uh, sold much better, uh, just because now people understand that these restrictions are lifted and we can fill the theater. And this theater is probably the most stunningly gorgeous theater on earth. Uh, I can't, I can't. Of all the places I've sung, I can't put one above this as far as beauty of the interior of the theater goes. This is a magical magical place a place you could never build again that will never it'll never happen that human beings will be able to put something together that looks like this and this building has survived a ton this this building has been a, a silent witness to many wars and uh, is still standing and and you know pretty much any <laughs> any uh square or plaza here in France you know at some point saw an unusual amount of beheadings and this building's no different and the plaza in front of it is no different. And so sometimes when you're, when you're approaching this incredible structure and that's how I, I witness it, I see it like a, like a real, a silent witness to history. This building stood here during this period and this period and this period and this period and that building witnessed many beheadings. <laughs> what a strange thing. What a strange thing to consider, but uh, outside and inside, the Palais Garnier is is second to none. It truly is second to none. It's not the greatest place to sing. I've sung in in places that are that are more suited uh, acoustically, but as far as sheer beauty, the interior there is nothing, nothing like this in the world. And I'm and it was a privilege to sing in that space, and it was a large part of why I wanted to do this job in the first place. I mean, you know, COVID gigs or COVID gigs, we need we need the bucks. Uh, but but to be able to sing in that space was a was a privilege and and uh, and one that uh, larger voices probably don't get too often. Not to say that I'm such a large voice, but I'm I'm above average in in uh, in projection and and so it doesn't necessarily uh, lead to singing in that kind of place. But uh, speaking of COVID gigs, I got a funny one tonight. <laughs> this is a um, you know. When you're having your career, you never think you're. You're like, well, <laughs> it's not. It, it. I got a call. I got. A, I got an email. I should say from a very important person in American opera. Very important person, and she wrote to me and she says, "Hey, um, I got some patrons uh, who live in who live in France, and they're having a birthday party. And uh, would you be would you be interested in going to sing at this birthday party?" And, you know, as soon as I read those two sentences, I'm like, no, 100% no. <laughs> I'm not a clown. I don't go do birthdays, you know. <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe I am a clown. Let's see. Um, and she suggested, she said, look, just uh, tell them that you work for your fee. This is your fee at the opera house. This is what you This is what you expect from them to sing at the party. And I said, you think they're going to pay my fee to go sing at a birthday party? Let's find out. 
Let's see how fancy they are. And so uh, we went back and said, yeah, this is, uh, you know, because I have wonderful people who can talk for me in this way because I could never do it. Uh, they said, yeah, Mr. Van Horn's fee is uh, this for the evening. Uh, if you want him, that's, that's, that's what it goes for. And they didn't flinch. So now I'm singing birthday parties. Birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, communions, you name it. <laughs> Funerals. That's the worst one. I have sung at funerals. Um, uh, it's basically a nightmare. I, I, the only way that it really goes well is if you don't know the person at all or if they're 117 years old. Anything else, I can't do it. I just get choked. I, I, I can't watch people. If it's a relative, I have a very hard time. Um, but if I have to... Um, you know, at a funeral, people get super emotional during the music parts. Um, you know, this is like, this was grandma's favorite hymn this was grandpa's favorite song and you know and then you have to go do it and you and you see the breakdown <laughs> from where you're standing you you have like you know some casket off in your peripheral and then <laughs> and then just people just melting down <laughs> it's the fucking worst i'm laughing i'm not a, i'm not a funeral laugher but i'm i have to laugh at the at the the scene of it in retrospect where you're just like why why did we put ourselves through this was that healing for anyone <laughs> is that person wailing <laughs> yeah singing at funerals is kind of a nightmare and and uh, i've had people who were alive who were like look you're gonna do this at my funeral right and you're like yeah yeah of course they're not gonna know they're dead doesn't matter uh yeah i like to fool the dead <laughs> So anyway, we got the weird gig tonight, and uh, I'm gonna throw them. Uh, I sent, I sent, um, I really sent a platinum list. They they need 20 minutes out of me, and so I sent my greatest hits. You know, three arias, three songs. And I've done this program before. I have people eating out of my hand by the end of it. By the time you sing some enchanted evening for octogenarians, they're they're <laughs> you got them. You got them right where you want them. Uh, and so I sent this list over. I mean, a platinum 20 20 minutes. And and these people, from what I understood, were opera patrons, and so I thought, you know, they're gonna they're gonna love this one. They're gonna love this this uh, set. Well, got the message back. Mm, these seem a little bit obscure. Could he sing? Blank blank blank. I was <laughs> I was given <laughs> I was given suggestions as to what might be better. <laughs> Needless to say, they were all tenor arias <laughs> because our business is fucked. <laughs> and it was suggested that I sing O Solo Mio. Now, <laughs> there is no cheesier party, or pe party piece than that. But on top of that, uh, that is meant for somebody else. That is not meant for uh, anybody with my voice. And so I just laughed at that suggestion and, and said um, very clearly, um, if you're concerned about my 20 minutes, I, I please feel free to uh, find yourself a tenor. I will graciously bow out of this birthday party, which, <laughs> which is already rubbing me the wrong way to begin with. Uh, and now that I'm being suggested to sing uh, more party-friendly pieces, I'm, I'm, um, uh, my, my ego gets in the way and I'm like, you know what, this is probably for somebody else. 
But of course, that was met with no, 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 no. Please sing whatever you want, and 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 there in the hopes that I might uh, give a little context before my before my individual pieces to to clarify <laughs> what they're about. <laughs> There was a uh, there was a special request, and uh, I appreciate this. Uh, I, I think a lot of people wouldn't have appreciated this request, but I do. And the and the the, the person I'm singing for tonight um, uh, requested that I sing um, uh, "Can't Help Falling in Love," made famous by Elvis Presley in uh, in the movie Blue Hawaii. And I'm an Elvis guy. I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you right now. I wouldn't be in Paris singing at the opera. I wouldn't have done the things that I've done in my career had I not been exposed to Elvis as a kid. And uh, my dad had a record and he, and, he, and he played it for me and I loved it. And then uh, they, my parents bought me a cassette, uh, Elvis Golden Hits, which I burned a hole through. I couldn't get enough of it. I loved it. I loved his voice. I loved that music. Uh, later on, I had some VHS tapes of Elvis, and I couldn't watch them enough. I really couldn't. I was I was obsessed with um, with the whole bit of it the 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 person the the show the costume the man all of it the the adulation uh, it, was, it was I was obsessed with it and and um, it was very much a part of my early influence. I wanted to be Elvis, and so I'm going to sing some Elvis tonight. And uh, for an extra special treat, I'm going to accompany myself on the piano, something I've never done in front of people before, uh, frankly, ever. So we're going to just try that out, because it's a fucking weird gig, and so let's be weird. Um, that's my that's my plan for this evening. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send... Oh, yeah, I was asked to... Uh, also, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fancy birthday party. Black tie. Uh, it's one of the... <laughs> It's one of those, and so it was requested that I wear a tuxedo, which I'm also not going to do. <laughs> you know, the thought is, how will you tell me apart from everybody else? You know, if the waiters are wearing tuxedos and the patrons are wearing tuxedos, I'm just another tuxedo wearer. I want to be the singer, so I'll, I'll wear my uh, I'll wear my suit. My uh, uh, it'll be very clear that I'm <laughs> that I'm special because I refuse to not be special. <laughs> Uh, so something to look forward to tonight. Um, I'll probably be skipping the dinner portion of this. I don't know who any of these people are. I'm sure they're lovely, but um, uh, they wanted me to sing "O Sole Mio," so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna go sing and get out of there. Uh, that's what's going on tonight. And I guess uh, next show is on Saturday. So these are rolling right along. My time here is running out. I'm uh, under two weeks. I'll be back home. Uh, where I got to do a move, I got to do a quick trip to New York for some fun stuff I'll talk about later, and then uh, off to Chicago to start Macbeth. Um, I mean, the great director McVicker's going to be putting this new Macbeth up with the with the new music director uh, in Chicago, Enrique Mazzola, and I I'm, I couldn't be more excited. This is going to be uh, Sandra Rodmanovsky's first Lady Macbeth. Uh, Luca Salsi's in this production. I'm I'm uh, thrilled. I'm thrilled we're going to get to it. Uh, at first, we thought they were going to shorten the show um, uh, or shorten the uh, the intermissions uh, and and um, and and kind of bring things in under a certain time period. Uh, but they've lifted that idea too. Uh, things are getting much better in the states. Obviously, uh, the shot is working. 
the shot is working and and the people over here are getting their shots too and that's and and France is feeling much better and and really for the most part the the masks go on indoors and that's it um uh, it's pretty it's pretty loose and we sang last night without our masks on and that uh that that always feels somewhat normal and so we're we're getting there that's what's going on i'll keep you updated on this gig tonight i'm not <laughs> If I get the sense uh, after my three arias that it's not going well, I may order a martini before the rest of the, <laughs> the, rest of the show. <laughs> uh, let's hope they pay me before I sing so I don't have to stick around. <laughs> anyway, these are fancy people. I won't talk about them. I'm sure they're lovely. And I look forward to meeting them and, and celebrating uh, what's, what's bound to be an amazing black tie birthday party who gets a black tie birthday party that's that's pretty rare uh, yeah i can't remember the last time anybody requested that i wear a black tie to a to an event like a birthday or or even a wedding or something but uh, yeah we'll see keep you updated i love you for listening episode 75 i can't believe we've made it this far my uh, my ego knows no bounds and your interest in uh in um, uh, uh, my gigantic ego uh, astounds me. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'm going to drag somebody up here soon. I don't know who. Uh, it's funny. But there are people here who would probably be interesting, but I'm not. I'm, I'm worried that I can't. I don't know. I think I only want to talk to people that I'm really uh, that I feel close with. But maybe I need to get over that. Maybe I need to get over that. Anyway. Everybody, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Living 